And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention stop what you're doing and listen it's the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier dkm and jcap man i was all fired up to talk about by any means necessary that show was looking jacked i was excited about it and then the strangest thing happened WWE decided to start a new uh, wrestling promotion by eliminating half of its uh, roster, uh, stars, former stars of NXT, and I figured we would talk about it. So, uh, of course, you guys, you see some of the familiar faces and uh, and the not such a familiar face. Of course, we got Kevin Frazier, the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. We've got DKM, and of course, Jaden, with no logo this time, is joining us to talk NWA, but more importantly, to talk about some of these WWE releases. Uh, how you doing, fellas? Uh, better than a lot of WWE former wrestlers. I don't know about that, DK. They still probably got more in their bank account than all of us put together. Yes. I said some of them. <laughs> Not all. But, uh, your boy Kev's doing good out here, man. Uh, yeah, I couple of these guys, uh, or I, I, at least one of these guys I know for sure, I uh, hold a couple victories over and, uh, you know, I, I think, I think I, I don't mind giving a, a uh, alternate con, a alternate perspective on all this stuff. But uh, anyways, yeah. Hey guys, good to see you guys in the chat today. Jaden, how you doing, buddy? I'm here. I haven't hit the ladder yet, but I'm doing all right, I guess. And I do want to say what's up to everyone in the chat. Ron's in the house. He wants to see Biff Busick show up in the NWA. He's already on top of it, folks. Uh, we got James H. Jackson in the house. How you doing, James? Willie Bowen is here. Terry McDermott's here. Sean Mega's here. It's like a roll call. You guys all showed up. And, and uh, Jade and your pal Kakushi's here. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I know that guy. I don't like him at all. <laughs> You're I think not the, the feeling only one. is. I think the feeling is mutual. Yeah, well, you guys should hug it out. You know, that's what they used well, to do back in the day. Kokushi has always been kind to the modern day hero, so uh, I got no, I got no problems with him. The only thing we probably agree with is how good the modern day hero is. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we we got to come. They're, they're, hey, man, I'll be, I'll be happy to be the, to be the connect, the, to build, to be the bridge builder. <laughs> hey. Hey, Kakushi, you got to take it easy, bro. I'm going to have to block you if you keep going that route. Yeah, we got to keep it keep it, keep it, it classy in here. Very, very classy. Okay, so, I mean, look, like I said, we're going to get to by any means necessary because I really feel 
like that show was a great step in the in the right direction for the NWA. But I mean, the news is breaking, and I would be remiss if we didn't at least acknowledge what's going on with the WWE right now. Um, they have released several names already, and more are expected as the night continues. Uh, I'm trying to pull up a decent list here of some of the names. I, I have one if you need it. Oh, go for it, please. All right. So far, officially confirmed, as far as Fightful's uh, luck is concerned, is Karrion Cross and Scarlett Cordell. Frankie Monet, who most people would know as, you know, Taya Valkyrie. Number Moon, Tony Lorcan. And what was a surprise to me, B-Fab, who just got called up to SmackDown as part of Hit Row. Uh, Jesse Kamara, C-A-M-E-A, Kamea? I don't know. Uh, Seda Ramir, Trey Baxter, Katrina Cortez, Jeet Rama, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorato, Lince, Lince Dorato, Lince, whatever. I figured the Spanish guy got it wrong. <laughs> you know, sometimes I do things intentionally, sometimes I don't. You always have to figure out which one it is. Uh, probably the big surprise on the list, Nia Jax. Keith Lee. That was my big surprise. Considering the way they've been using him, or not using him, I can't say I'm any more surprised. I'm more surprised about carrying Cross than him. Wow. Harry Smith, who did one dark match. Mia Yim and Eva Marie, who they hired in October of 20, didn't debut until June of 21, put her in a horrible angle with Dewdrop and then kept Dewdrop and released her. So that's the official list as of this last update. Well, I know kind of three of a couple of them actually. Um, I, Mia Yim has worked for Dog. Uh, Harry Smith has worked for Dog. Um, Biff Busick, or was he uh, Orny Lorcan? He's worked for Dog. And I gave Lindsay Dorado his first break uh, many, many years ago. So, and he's also worked for Dog later for Doctor Zirconium. Um, so, uh, there are a couple I know personally. Some really good talent. Keith Lee and Mia Yim are married. Um, Karrion Cross and Scarlett are married. It's really sad that both both spouses lose their job at the same time around the holiday. Kind of a sad time. I do believe they get paid uh, through their uh, ninety day no compete clause. It's only no one's been able to confirm that for me. But like, um, yeah, they still get paid up to that ninety day clause. Except for right. Scarlett, apparently, only has thirty days. Well, any of the any of the strictly next talent only has thirty days, and so and then main roster talent has ninety days if they remember to redo their contract, which apparently they have forgotten once or twice. And so it's almost one. 
I don't know if B-Fabs was redone or not, but it was almost sad that she was brought up to have her contract redone and then... Was B-Fab the really tall... Was the, was she the... Was it the girl? B-Fab was the girl in Hit Row with the long... Right. long uh, braid, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, she was very new and very green, but I don't know. It's just... It's, it is just surprising to me that... I'm not surprised at the relief anymore. I mean, over this year, they've released enough talent to, you know, somebody said, make another promotion. I said that. That was senior. And it's one of those, you know, with the news of ROH that we talked about last week, you know, it's a hard time for some of these wrestlers. Now, you know, hopefully the talented ones will find places and still rise. The not so talented ones will be regulated back to the Indies wherever they can get booked. But we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Kevin, what are your thoughts? You, you have a different view as a former talent. Um, I would say, well, like, there's two names on the list that I've actually wrestled would be Ember Moon and Keith Lee, um, who I'd know them personally. Um, you know, both both I wouldn't necessarily call them friends, but definitely people that I would consider acquaintances because um, anytime you wrestle with somebody, it, it automatically, especially like Keith Lee and I wrestled a few times. Um, but... Honestly, I don't see any names on this list that, in my opinion, for the company are like big time or like game changers. Um, I think you have some potential on this list. Like, I think, of course, obviously, the first two names that stand out are Keith Lee and Karrion uh, Cross. They have a lot of potential. Um, I think Eva Marie is probably kind of. I don't necessarily believe they had like huge plans for her, anyways. Uh, it was probably a mutual, there was probably mutual benefit for her uh, in terms of just keeping her name around so she can get into more movies. Um, so I, I don't see her release as like, oh God, you know, I, I think she's very independent uh, in terms of she'll she'll be just fine whether she's in wrestling or not. Um, she, she's not a wrestler. No, she's, she's a, I mean, she's a, she's she's a, a character. Yeah, she's a character. Um, but actually, I think she's a better actress than a better than a wrestler. To be honest, so I've seen her, and I think I saw her in one movie. She's actually pretty good, honestly. And now, and she's more believable in the movies than she is in the ring. Uh, which is, which is, hey, I mean, you know, it's worked out really good for Batista. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm a little surprised by the hit row person, but again, I just they probably were looking for some kind of improvement from her and they probably didn't see it and there just wasn't a reason to keep her but I also think um, you're really not looking at any of these names here and again I I, I can tell you why I believe that Karrion Cross and Keith Lee and like I was talking to Jay offline um, you know there, there are probably elements to this that we're obviously not privy to but if I were just to say in their progression alone, just just watching them progress um, on television, uh, you know, they left a lot to be desired in terms of 
you know, probably what was expected out of him. I, I think you had a huge push for Karrion Cross uh, on NXT. And honestly, he to me, he was never good. Never. Like, never, never was he ever the best part of the show. Uh, I felt like he had a great entrance. He had a valet. And he just was the same from the minute he got there. And once you took the valet and you took the ring entrance away and you threw him out there on the WWE TV, it was like, okay. And I take a wrestler, case in point, like a Daniel Bryan. And he doesn't need ring entrance. He doesn't need cool gear. You just put him in the ring and guarantee you he's going to get over. And again, I, I'm not comparing everybody to like a Hall of Famer, but I'm also saying that, you know, there's an element that that I think a lot of these wrestlers were people they had high hopes for that maybe didn't pan out. Like I think Frankie Monet never really latched on, like never connected really. Um, And I felt like she was out of shape from the minute she got there. So, you know, all in all, like I know we talk about how it's a sad day and all that stuff, but um, most of these wrestlers on here, this this was a huge thing for them and a huge privilege. And somebody like myself who never had a contract run with WWE, I'd take their spot. Any, I'd take what they experienced any day, any of them. And I guarantee you they would say the same thing because it's a privilege uh, to to take that next step. And it's definitely a lot harder than people think. And so uh, for me, it's kind of more of like, hey, congrats. You know, like you, you did make it. This doesn't mean it's the end of the road. Um, it's just probably more than anything, just business. I, I want to latch on to something Kevin said real quick, because otherwise I'll forget. Real quick, before you get there. Hey, Kevin, be really careful, because your phone, I see your credit card there. I don't want you to accidentally flash that on the screen. Oh, oh okay, sure. Carry on, carry, carry on. Real quick, Kevin, what's that last those three digits on the back again? <laughs> Four. Oh, anyway. Uh, Thanks, I just got it right there. <laughs> uh, seriously though I, I want to latch on something Kevin said I mean uh, Keith Lee carrying cross and I want to talk about how people are presented and what difference that makes now both carrying cross and Keith Lee were over pretty big in NXT whether you like them in the ring you like their style you know, those those are opinions. They can be credible or not credible, but they're basically opinions. And so, but, you know, they were over with that crowd. And they were booked in a certain way. And they were presented in a certain way. But when they got called up to the main roster, they were not presented in the same way. I mean, Karrion Cross first match out there, he loses in two minutes to Jeff you know, to Jeff Hardy. And, you know, Jeff Hardy doesn't beat anybody nowadays. So, you know, and I'm going to throw this one to Jayden, since I threw it to Kevin last time. So, Jayden, how important is presentation as far as getting fans to react? Very, very important. It's very important. You can make, you can turn, you can shine up a turd if you try hard enough. And presentation can make a huge difference on whether somebody gets over. Um, 
entrance and is so important the entrance music the look of the of the gear i mean you can take the greatest wrestler in the world and put him in a trash bag and does and he ain't gonna do nothing give him no gear no push anything it's it's really a joint venture you have to know how to promote them how to present them i tell it all the time there's a lot of wrestlers who come out and they come out with this music and like oh i love this music it pumps me up i'm like yeah but it doesn't do shit for the audience this song does nothing to get you over it's not about pumping you up it's about pumping the audience up they need to know who you are and what you are in the first three bars of the song as soon as that comes out they need to know and be able to ready to get excited about it and if a lot of wrestlers don't understand that they they'll use absolutely generic gear from high spots that you'll see 15 wrestlers do they'll come out with stuff that they bought at the halloween store thinking that they're great wrestlers and again it's it's nothing it's you can have a fake plastic crown doesn't mean you're a king uh, if you're not really to, willing to invest in the wrestler and you're not willing to invest in yourself then the presentation is very huge i'm also looking over the roster a lot of this roster is kind of older they've been around for a while and they're on the older side is WWE may be looking to get rid of some of the wrestlers and, and the NXT was really guilty for this. A lot of the older wrestlers that have been around and just trying to create their whole new stars. Well, I mean, for, for certain, for certain, uh, we knew that things were going to be changing for the WWE. There was going to be a youth movement. They were looking at changing things up. Um, we saw that with the initial cuts uh, but then when they uh, reimagined NXT uh, and, and brought it to more of a actual um, uh, 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 developmental federation for, for the for the WWE, we knew that it was, things were going to change. We knew it was going to be different. And I mean, when you look at it, like I think the, the cost of doing business, uh, Kevin alluded to this earlier, the cost of doing business during a global pandemic is is pretty severe um it, it's it's wild because you there's so much news that it's coming out right now and the wwe just reported earnings today that they uh had revenues of 256 million for the quarter not for the year for the quarter and now that sounds like a ton of money for us right and when you hear those numbers you think well geez they're just being greedy but as a business your revenues aren't uh, your profits. Your revenues are just the money that you made. So when you start looking at the grand picture, like we don't know how much it costs to run the WWE. I mean, I'm sure if you look at the financials with a fine tooth comb, you could probably find something there. But with NXT, you know, and a lot of these talents came from NXT, they were trimming the fat, getting rid of the excess. And I'm surprised more names haven't been announced and maybe we'll hear some more names later. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I kind of disagree with Kevin and, you know, he followed the uh, NXT product a heck of a lot closer than I did. So maybe he's onto something, but just from my personal experiences, a guy like Keith Lee or a guy like Karrion Cross, or even as Ron Gibson asked about Harry Smith. I mean, I feel like these guys will be stars just about anywhere else they go. And I don't understand the rationale of letting um, letting someone go that has so much potential. Now, I'm, I, I don't. Do I think any of those three guys will be the next John Cena or the next Rock or the next Stone Cold Steve Austin? No, I don't. 
but I definitely feel like they could have contributed uh, to the success of the WWE in the long term. It could have helped been maybe the next Randy Orton or the next, uh, you know, Drew Galloway or, or somebody who's held a significant spot on the roster for multiple years. It could have helped uh, keep the promotion going. What do you guys think? Well, I also want to make a point, too, and this is something that like we spoke about offline as well, just about business that. We also don't know what the environment was like um, in terms of a working environment for some of these names. If we're going to talk about, say, maybe the ones that don't make sense, um, a lot of times, and we all heard the stories, and, and we all know it's true because Jay, like I told you, like you could hire the most talented person, and you know, like all. I mean, I'm dealing with this at my own current businesses. You know, we have one of the most talented, charismatic, like, employees, but, you know, her attitude, man, like, makes it really, really hard. And I even spoke with her, you know, and her manager and I talked today, and it's like, I feel like we're on a timetable with this. Like, this is not going to last. This is only going to last so long. So as good as she is, we need to be ready to, you know, be ready to replace that spot. Uh, especially because she's a high producer. And again, sometimes the sum is greater than the parts. And again, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that some of this uh, has to do with, um, you know, relations and, and interactions and, and some of that stuff. Now, I'm going to tell you firsthand, like Keith Lee, from my perspective, was never hard to work with. I mean, he, he put over a 660-pound guy like myself uh, at the time. So it's not like... I have a problem with working with him, but that was 10 years ago. Um, you know, things may be different now. And, and again, carrying cross, you know, um, I, I, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I also will say and present somewhat of an other side to this is that is a wrestler that good. If you have to put all of the presentation around them, if they have to have a great entrance music, if they have to have the hot chick, if they can't cut a promo and somebody else has to guide them through a promo, um, like if you have to do all of that, Judas, um, <laughs> you know, like, like, are they really that good? And that's kind of that's kind of where I lean with Karrion Cross. Keith Lee, on the other hand, is a little bit different because I think he's good on the mic. I think he's really charismatic. And if I were to just go with my gut instinct, no pun intended. I think it was the weight and the, the physique issue with Keith Lee that might have been the big issue there. But those are speculations, and um, those are really the only two names on this list that I really think the WWE could lose a little bit by losing these guys. All right. I want to say two things, and then we'll get uh, – I'll let uh, Jaden or DKM get back into it. First thing, Willie brings up a good point. Remember when the WWE released uh, Deanna Perrazzo? She's an impact wrestling and is a former knockouts champion. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think there's something to that. And I think, um, you know, obviously that's going to happen quite a bit. However, I mean, we know that AEW has signed many, many people. We know that uh, impact has signed many, many people. And now with one more place, uh, not hiring and releasing talent, it's going to be a lot harder for some of these folks to find jobs and to get back to it. 
the thing, the, the one other point I wanted to make to Kevin, and I'm just, now we're just talking because we're pals and everyone's here listening, but isn't there room for somebody like Karrion Cross with the hot chick, with the, with the promo, you know, with the, his lack of promo, but his ability to get over with the fans? I mean, it worked in Impact. It worked in Lucha Underground. Don't you think it could work elsewhere? Absolutely. Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying, remember, the reason I'm talking about Karrion and Keith Lear, because those are the two guys that I feel like were the biggest difference makers potentially on the list. I'm only trying to say that, like, I'm trying to give a perspective of why they might have released him. Not, not that I don't think he could have been great. And to be, to be, to speak to the point, like, Imagine a, a, a rivalry, a no frills rivalry with him and uh, Timothy Thatcher. You know, like a like that would be fantastic to watch. Or Walter, like Jesus, God Almighty, like Karrion Cross and Walter. No, no promos. Just, just go out there and fight, and that would be a lot of fun to watch. So, so I'm going to tell you right now. Like I think he has a lot of potential, and there's a lot there. But I'm also saying here are the areas that. That if I were to say, okay, well, let me try to justify this and not just be like, oh, it's just the WWE is bad and they're the bad guy. Um, these might be some of the reasons uh, that that you could look to because they're really those, those two really are hard. You have to nitpick to find a reason why you would even let go of talent like that. And 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 no doubt, I, if I'm AEW, I'm releasing some of my own guys to pull in, pull these two guys into my roster because I really feel like they would fit very good into the AEW roster because they're they're moving into a more work rate uh, brand of company very much like WCW would have would have been I well, actually am well, a little worried I'm a little worried about carrying cross and or I guess killer cross now and Scarlet Bordeaux um I can't see them going to AEW with uh, what was the jackal's name there? Um, uh, the guy who used to work work for Impact and now is managing Kenny Omega. What's Don his name Calla, again? Yeah. yeah, Don Callis. He had a horrible case of scarlet fever, and that didn't work out too well. And then um, Impact, same thing. Because of that scarlet fever, uh, they they didn't quite leave on great terms. Of Impact, and if I remember right, Scarlet Bordeaux had to get a job selling sunglasses or something like that to to just make ends meet because what impact was paying where are they really going to go i mean they'll probably really do well i think uh, killer cross worked for mlw in the past but that's not exactly you know going to be filling their coffers with gold and then there's japan which i think they might do really well with, especially uh, all japan pro wrestling or noah but they don't pay quite what they used to with impact you know it's it's fine, but again, I don't see them going back. And then Ring of Honor, if they do stay in business, and after looking at the financials of Sinclair Broadcasting, I'm not sure that's really going to happen. Um, I guess that's useful for them because now they're they're independent talent that could be signed and work for whatever three months or whatever they tape in, in Ring of Honor. My interest is peaked. What is Scarlet? I know it's Scarlet. It's a reference to Scarlet. But what do you mean by Scarlet Fever, please? Uh, there's the a sexual there. harassment suit going on from Scarlet about um, Don Callis apparently offering to push them if she did certain favors, allegedly. Oh. 
Okay, and then what you said that was it. That was with Don Callis. Now, who was the other one that had? Impact is when uh, Don Callis was an executive impact, and uh, Scarlett mm-hmm. sued them both. Or uh, Don left Impact not on good terms. So interesting, interesting. So that, this is interesting to me that AEW would being somewhat woke uh, would have a guy like that on their main program. Well, some of their executive presidents still think the world is flat and that women are inferior because the Bible says so. So, interesting. But I want to get to what James H. Jackson Jr., our good friend James, said, and that Jay had up here for oh, wow. unthinkable bit. Is someday Tony Khan may have to go through this. He can't keep signing or keep hiring all these people, and someday even AEW may have to do a mass release. And I don't think we'll see a mass release anytime soon. I do think we'll see contracts not renewed, especially with a lot of the, well, I mean, we've seen it to a small extent with like Danny Limelight and others where, you know, they signed them small, short-term, I think, appearance contracts. And then they either keep them or they let them go. But yeah, you know, Tony Khan's got many to play with, but it's, certain point you you have to be careful I, you know a lot of people are dogging wwe because they're making quote unquote record profits or whatever well you know guess what that's what you're in business for right well and and, and, and and you know when we talk about japan when we talk about japan one of the reasons you know we're bringing up or Jaden's bringing up all japan or Noah is because new japan's kind of in the same boat as roh they were really good to the wrestlers all through the pandemic, and now they got a serious money problem. That's why you're seeing a lot of talents come to the United States, too, which, I mean, it's kind of a benefit if you're a fan of wrestling because, um, you know, for example, November 15th, I'll be in Riverside watching New Japan Strong, and I'm going to see talents like uh, Taishi Imori, I think. Um uh, I saw I saw the list and and I was really excited. They're bringing in Jonathan Gresham. They're bringing in a lot of guys, but there, there's talents from New Japan that'll be on that card. So um, it'll be interesting. And and uh, you know to to what um, what DK was saying, it's you know we are seeing numbers of their revenues, their sales, but that doesn't necessarily tell you what their business did. Again, that information is available if you know what you're looking for. And you can go through the tax documents because they're a publicly traded company. You could see these numbers, but again, we don't know what they're actually making unless you're going through that stuff. And and, and the other part of that too is, um, you know, like with with Ring of Honor not being in action, that's going to affect a lot of people. But nevertheless, uh, a lot of these guys, um, you know, if you go back ten years, there weren't as many options to get into pro wrestling as there are today. So, like, yes, there are only two really big companies out there with Impact, a very close third, but still a very distant third. But, you know, you can go work, like uh, Willie Bowen suggested. There's Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Now, they're not offering contracts, no, and the money won't be the same. But, you know, somebody like Karrion Cross coming to the United Wrestling Network, I know Marquez would love that. And they could do that in three different states. Uh, you know, and also their primetime live, and that goes for everyone on the roster. Talking about the NWA, 
you know, that that carousel that they have, that roster of being able to bring talent in for a taping or two and then sending them on their way, again, this would work perfectly for that group because, again, uh, if Karrion Cross and, and Scarlett are available on December the 4th, and I'm not saying they are because, obviously, Karrion's still under contract, but if they were and they showed up, I mean, people would mark out and you could use them for another pay-per-view and you'd have these stars on your show and then you know they could quietly fade away and no one would know the difference at least that's what i thought well you know well, some of people i think we're going to figure out how much they actually like the wrestling business uh, i like that dk i mean i'm a seriously oh we don't have to be soft on these guys man and girls I mean, some of these people probably will leave wrestling I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I don't see Nia Jacks going anywhere. She was a model beforehand. A lot of people don't realize she actually was part of the diva movement, and they were hiring models, not wrestlers. So, I mean, I don't really see her going anywhere to be to be a wrestler. Talon, Jaden, what do you think? Uh, Nia Jax? Uh, no, not really, but that happens to a lot of people I've heard many people said they used to love professional wrestling until they got their dreams accomplished and went to the WWE and then they became sports entertainers and it killed professional wrestling for them uh, it can very happen I know a couple of them that I know personally one of them has got his degree as a public educator and was working as a teacher before he got signed by the WWE that's always something to fall back on and that's why you need an education something to fall back on because this could happen at any time or even an injury but um, I, I, championship wrestling from Hollywood is a good opportunity. If you really do love wrestling, the opportunities are there. I mean, championship wrestling from Hollywood, the NWA, who I for some reason forgot about both of them when I was talking about places to go. Um, if Ring of Honor does stay around, that's something they can do. They could not sign a contract and do lots of things and have a lot of fun. Independent dates in between. Uh, MLW. Um, not my style of wrestling, but that GCW. I'm sure there's a couple that can make some money there. Uh, there's a, there's a dog. They can come wrestle for dog. I'm sure Lindsay Dorado, you want to come home? Give me a, give uh, me or Dr. Zirconium a call. We'll see what we can do. And I think that's an important thing to point out, uh, what you just said there, Jaden, is that the independents are going to be flourishing with talent. If, if there's an independent wrestling promotion out there, you really can lock up some big names on your shows. And, and let me rephrase that, not lock up, but I mean, have these guys on your shows. I, I don't know. It, it, it really does baffle me that so many talent were released all at once. And this isn't the first time this year that it's happened, let alone since the pandemic. But um, like Dave Scooby said, some of the more well-known talent can possibly make a run on the Indies like Matt Cordova is doing right now. And I mean, he, there, there's no probably, let me try that again. There is no better example of somebody on the independent scene taking advantage of their WWE stardom like Matt Cordova. He's literally working with impact he's getting dates with game changer wrestling again that's not my particular style of wrestling either Jaden but it looks like people are really getting uh behind him 
and he's generating heat for the company. He's bringing recognition to the company. And, you know, it, it just, it, it, it really is wild to me to think that there's this much, excuse me, talent that's going to be available. And the promotions that are there, New Japan Strong, like, I feel like each time we start bringing it up again, we, we're, we're leaving someone else out. Like, there's New Japan uh, Strong here in, uh, in the United States. There's Pro Wrestling Guerrilla in Southern California. There's Future Stars of Wrestling in Las Vegas. There, There's a lot of places that are doing more wrestling now than they've ever done before. And I do feel like there's going to be a lot of opportunities for a lot of these guys. But it just it's it's wild to me because not only, you know, we're talking about the WWE releases. Just last week, we had the Ring of Honor releases. And then there's talent being released from MLW. Everybody's kind of, uh, like like Kevin said, experiencing that COVID effect. And it, it's, it's definitely changing the way prof- professional wrestling is happening in this country. Uh, DK, what are your thoughts? Well, actually, I've been looking at their investment information. And so, quick financial lesson. Revenue is what you bring in. Operating income is what you made when you're operating revenues minus your operating expenses. Yes. Yeah. You're, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually do P&Ls at my job, so I can help you to, if you need help here. Yeah. And then <laughs> look, don't let my 33 hours of accounting in any way intimidate you. Anyway, and then net income, which is kind of, that's, you know, if you've ever heard the phrase, the bottom line. That's when, you know, all the extraordinary and uncommon and one-time things get factored in. So their bottom line net income was for the quarter, the third quarter, three months, was 43.5 million, which was a slight decrease from a year ago. A year ago was 48.2 million. That's interesting. Their operating income was 64 million which was a 1% increase over over uh, last year. So that's not, that's not a, that's basically saying it was the same, you know. And, and in the business world, if you're not increasing because, because expenses increase. So things are not as cheap this year Things are more expensive this year than last year, so yeah. in a sense, they really didn't make money. You know, well, they like, didn't. They didn't. They did not increase how much money they brought in. I mean, look, I don't think any of us would take forty-three million dollars in a, you know, and run and jump and scream. But they are a large organization, and so and look again, if business is reason to accept to exist, is not to give people employment. It is not to make the world a better place. It's not to sit around, hold hands, and sing Kumbaya. It's to it's to make money, and primarily make money for the owners because they're the ones taking the risk. I mean, you know, I worked in a pizza place one time, and I remember the guy 
I remember the manager telling me, the money I get paid is the money that I ring up every time somebody eats because I work the register a lot. You know, it's the money I ring up every time someone, you know, comes and buys a buffet or orders a pizza. That is what's paying. There's no magic tree or magic account that just sprouts, you know, sprouts money. <coughs> and so, <coughs> kind of being a little bit cold here, but unfortunately, that, well, you know, that's just the way the world is. You know, Jay's a small, small businessman. Kevin knows that if people stop coming to the gym where he's the manager, at some point they'll get, they'll look at him and go, Kevin, we got two options and neither one of them include you working here. <laughs> like that, huh? Well, I mean, you know, like if, you know, if it, I'm just saying that if all of a sudden his membership cut in half, then it's, then it's like, do you want to give us your notice or do you want us to let you go? You know, we'll, Yep. It's better on your resume that you left than if we fired you. <laughs> and, and with that being said, and I'm going to name drop another wrestling promotion here. The reality of wrestling is, is that it is a business, right? It, you know, yes, yes. People who grow up to be professional wrestlers are living a dream. It's a dream job for a lot of them. It, it's what they've wanted since they were little, but remember it's still a business and although DK was being a little bit cold right there, that's just the honest truth. Like, it, this is what it is. Now, also with business too, one of the key things you can do as a business owner is recognize treasure when other people see trash. And I know that sounds very cold, but I don't mean it to sound that way. But there are new and more wrestling promotions. Like I said, there's more opportunity these days than there might have ever been in the past. And like another promotion that uh, we hadn't talked about yet, but I tweeted about Jeannie Buss, you know, who is the daughter of the late uh, uh, owner of the Lakers. Now, she's part owner of the Lakers now, but she's also part owner of women of wrestling superheroes, wild superheroes. That's the wrestling promotion that signed Tessa Blanchard with all of this women, uh, all of these women who are now free agents, uh, you know, None, not the least is the uh, Frankie Monet, Ty of uh, Valkyrie, who is literally 30 days. She's a free agent. She can go anywhere she wants. Um, do you guys see uh, WOW trying to pick up some of these uh, now displaced WWE talents like Nia Jax or Scarlett or, or uh, uh, Ty of Valkyrie? I can see them looking at like Ember Moon. Ember Moon, too, yeah. And I can see them looking at Taya Valkyrie. I will admit, kind of go with what Kevin said. She might need to get to a little bit better shape. Or both of them. I'm gonna tell you straight up, Ember Moon got let go because she's out of shape. I don't know that for a fact, but my wife, who is the great, is a great barometer of these things. When we got married, I watched wrestling. We started dating. I was watching wrestling, especially NXT. And Ember Moon was on there. And a few months ago, it had to be earlier this year, she was like, wow, she's put on a whole lot of weight. 
And this is an athletic aesthetic business, man. It's not, it's, you know, like, uh, it just is what it is. And again, it's another one of those, this may not be what, may not be what you want to hear, but you can't tell me that, that, that you're not going to tell me, I'm going to tell you that, that that actually really does matter, especially to a company, a company like WWE, because we all, there's no secrets here that your, your physique and the way you look is extremely important in that company. You don't have to. You have to live under a rock and not know anything about wrestling to not know that. So some of these things are very can be very visually apparent. Right. I mean, Ember Moon suffered a major injury. She was out for over a year, and she did put on weight. And you know, Frankie, she was. You know, Frankie was never a ton. Taya was never a small person. Probably likely never will be but you know she also got bigger you know does it matter to me if I'm running DKM's wrestling promotion probably not but as uh, Kevin says you know it matters in the WWE you can like it not like it doesn't matter it's the way life is (laughs) so are we ready to talk about some NWA guys because I feel like we've talked about this like till it's done. Yeah, I, I think we might have beaten this to death. Uh, real quick, do you guys have anything else you want to add before we move on? Jaden, is there anything you want to talk about before we move on? No, I think we pretty much had everything on this. I wish some of the, everybody the best of luck if they're continuing wrestling. You know, have a lot of fun. Start enjoying the sport like you used to. And as you know, again, for talent... Um, I'm going to use a sports analogy here with the NHL. There is many a time somebody can play for a team and be like considered a disaster and then switch a team and all of a sudden become like the greatest player that they've ever been and showed all their potential. Sometimes right now, just working for that company, the WWE, you might not have the right uh, coaching or um, trainer or whatever, whatever you need to get where you are and somebody else can just take that and tweak what you're doing and make you a big star out of it that's why a lot of these guys leave the WWE and sure they truly have potential and that's also kind of why sometimes people leave the independents or the smaller leagues and get to the WWE and they just don't seem to flourish I'll add one thing to that you know, you know we were talking offline one time and I was saying, I go, one of the things I've liked about uh, Brian Danielson being in AEW, and I'm still not a huge AEW fan, but I do watch Brian, I do watch Punk. But one of the things I said, I go, I forgot what a good wrestler, wrestler Brian Danielson is. Because he didn't do as much in the WWE of his style of wrestling and it's just it's almost like oh wow I remember this I remember this as part of the American Dragon now because honestly I kind of forgotten kind of fall asleep or disagreeing oh, one of the two. No, just stretching just stretching okay. if you guys want to see like you want to see Brian Daniel Daniel Brian Brian Danielson at his best uh, yeah you can go on to YouTube uh, and you can search Kevin Douglas first Brian Danielson uh, or Daniel Bryan and, uh, and and get your fill of uh, maybe his best match of all time. What a good match. 
there's so much modesty there and i i do appreciate that about you well i mean i in my opinion in my opinion brian danielson brian daniel brian is the best wrestler we've seen at the turn of the millennia we spoke about this i think in the chat i mean pound for pound like across the board um he's the, he's the best guy that's come out in 20 years and that's just my opinion and to me it's just like you know if i could pick any guy over the last 20 years that i would have liked to have wrestled and beaten he would be the guy that i would choose so just calling it like i see it in case you didn't know Kevin Frazier, Kevin Douglas is the most modest person in the world. If you don't believe him, ask him. He's always bragging about how modest he is. That's the truth. I heard your original moniker was the modest day hero, Kevin Douglas. Yes. Yes, the modest day hero. Yes. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, our presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.